Hello, everybody, and welcome into the clubhouse with the Nats Report. My name is Jeremy Lapidus, uh, your host of In the Clubhouse, uh, joined, as always, by my friend and co-host. Hayden Raymer. Uh, yeah. Uh, today, we have a big show to, for you. Uh, it's been a relatively quiet offseason for the Nationals. Uh, not too many moves, but we've had some moves for about the first time in a month. I believe. Uh, yeah. Uh, About. Joey Gallo was picked up today, or not today, earlier this week, by the Nationals on a one-year, $5 million deal. Uh, he's entering into his, this is going to be his age 30 season. Um, and this is the kind of thing, we've kind of been dancing around a guy like Joey Gallo uh, joining the Nationals. Uh, or at least or at least I have uh, since the beginning of the offseason. Uh, adding a power bat, and that's that's really what Joey Gallo is. He's a he's a straight power bat. Uh, you add, you, I mean, you look at his numbers from last season. It's not the greatest, you know, batting 177, but 21 home runs. He's kind of got that Kyle Schwarber light type archetype. I guess is it the best way for me to describe it. I don't know. Yeah, if you agree I, I think he's just a more extreme Kyle Schwarber. Um, so, just curious, what, what were your reactions to this time? Uh, I love it and I hate it. Is that <laughs> fair? Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not huge on Joey Gallo. Uh, I mean, I, I think, I, I think it's fair to say I'm probably, probably one of the more analytically inclined people on this show and with the Nats report uh so I feel like you know I I don't know I feel like the the stereotype is like oh analytics nerds love Joey Gallo uh but I mean I do love it because the Nationals don't have any bats that they can count on to provide above average offense and if Joey Gallo does one thing year after year is he provides above average offense, uh, which the Dent Nats desperately needed. Uh, I think the bigger conversation with this Joey Gallo signing is, and the thing that in my mind immediately went to, is what is the ripple effects of this Joey Gallo signing? Right, and that was the biggest thing that I was going, that I was trying to figure out in my brain here. Because mm-hmm. um, you know this roster a little better than I do as far as makeup, uh, as far as makeup goes. But in general thoughts, like I've been saying all off season, we added power. Yeah, and power was the biggest need. And if there's there's one, I mean, if there's one person that's out there in free agency that's going to be straight power, Joey Gallo is basically that. Um, so. It's nice to have him, but where does he fit? You know, he can play first base outfield a little bit, DH maybe, but he's kind of playing that same role as a guy like Joey Manessis, uh, who I'm not sure what you think of those two head-to-head, because I know they offer very different things. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, the thing that always it keeps coming back to this entire offseason uh, just because it wasn't talked about in the middle of the season was Joey was dealing with that knee injury uh, during the season. Right. And so the question kind of is, okay, well, how much of that 
kind of explains that dramatic drop off in production. I don't think anybody expected to replicate uh, the end of that 2022 season, but you know that was a pretty dramatic drop off uh, when it comes to like a power output, uh, which is right. kind of what the Nats were counting on Joey to provide uh, last year. Uh, you know, and their other big free agent signing who they were counting on to do that didn't really provide power either. Uh, I think. I quite literally like jumped up and down when Dominic Smith hit it, his first extra base hit because it was like a month <laughs> into the season. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think if any lineup can, you know, build around, you know, somebody who strikes out a ton is going to have a terrible batting average. I think the nationals are one of the, you know, better teams at doing that uh, just because, everybody else on this roster hits for contact. Right. And Um, I mean, one of those things, you mentioned that knee injury, one of those things that makes me believe that that knee injury had a pretty significant effect is you look at what Joey did in the World Baseball Classic before the season. mm -hmm. You know? He had had some pop there. I don't think his knee was injured then. I don't know when it got hurt. Yeah. But that's the uh, thing that we just we don't have a whole lot of information around that, so it's a little uh, worrisome. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I think right now the Nats are kind of set to have Joey Manessis, Joey Gallo, and Stone Garrett into the lineup every day. I guess then... Every day? All three of them? Yeah. I mean, he might platoon Joey. I He doesn't have, like, bad splits against lefties. Uh... I guess my thing for you, Jeremy, not a question for you. Do, how much do you think this impacts the Nats calling up either of their top two prospects? That's a really good question. I I think this means that they're going to let uh, Dylan Cruz wait a little bit. Yeah. Because um, like we were talking about in the last show, uh, I, the way that that roster was built, it, if they had gone into the season with the roster before Joey Gallo, it meant Dylan Cruz was an opening day player. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if they were, if the way they were building it, it would make sense that way. Yeah. Uh, and along those same lines, you know, James Wood is coming up. It's his time. He's ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Dylan Cruz. As much as I think he could probably come up and be a a big league player, a competent big league player at that, um, it never hurts to, to have more time. He was struggling a little bit in Double A, uh, but I think I think he I think he also is ready. But this move is is a give him more year or at least a couple more months down there type move. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. I mean, I was talking about last episode how I was like, I don't think the Nats are going to have Dylan Cruz on their opening day lineup. But now, lineup construction-wise, and trying to fit people in there, they still have room for James Wood, uh, where he could be their opening day center fielder. Right. You have, I mean, you you just said all uh, all three, I mean... Well, let's let's go through this. This let's assume that this is the final roster because I I don't think they're making another move. I think they had room to make one more move and this was it. Um, 
I, I don't know if you're on the same page as me there. But. Yeah, I mean, if anything, I see them adding like a starting pitcher. Uh, I keep seeing uh, Talk Nats reporting Hyunjin uh, Ryu is what they're who they said the Nats are targeting. I don't know how much stock you want to put into that. Uh, how much you know? I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt, but. Yeah, I, I think uh, offensively, yes. I think this lineup. I don't think they're gonna go sign any more bats. So, so let's run through uh, what the main lineup will be, uh, barring injuries, rest days. So let's just assume we've got Senzel at third, uh, Abrams at short, Luis Garcia at second, probably Joey at first. I would think. Yeah. Um, and then although I guess. You gotta be a little more specific with your Joey's now, but <laughs> Manassas. Uh, uh, Kyber Ruiz at stand at uh, catcher. Uh, and then in your outfield, that's where you're gonna have the real issue because the infield has pretty much been set. Mm-hmm. Uh, the outfield, James Wood, I assume, will be in there. Uh, Lane Thomas. And then what? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna play? Joey Gallo in you gonna play Joey Gallo in left? You're gonna play yeah. Stone Garrett. I Which mean one? he has the history of being a really good defensive outfielder. Uh Joey Gallo does. I mean I think he has a pair of gold gloves, oh, right? Then, yep. So yeah. you know, I, I think he, he probably gets gloves? enough. I think he has a pair. I'm double checking now. I didn't think I don't think he did. Yeah, I'm Glover. Alright then. <laughs> yeah. He but... for... Oh, it's just outfield. This is how they list it on baseball reference. They don't break oh, it down well. by position. Uh it looks like center field no wait no. Right field and then yeah, right field both times. Yeah. So I mean you could put him in right and Lane Thomas in left. I don't think that's an issue. I mean it, I don't uh, think it really matters a whole lot. But no, uh, yeah, and then Stone at DH. Yeah, no, I I don't mind that lineup at all. Um, actually. Yeah. And then if you want to really protect James Wood, and you don't want to face lefties his first like, you know, stretch, uh, as he eases into the major leagues, the thing that then I thought of right, your fourth outfielder is gonna be a right-hander. And then you just slap them in center field, you know, kind of do a little platoon in center, you know, have like a Jacob Young as your center fielder against lefties. I yeah. think that would make a lot of people happy. Uh, but but we'll we'll see. I mean, they have three options at center field before you even factor in calling somebody up right now. Uh, <laughs> but they still have to make a move. Uh, they haven't announced what the subsequent move is for Gallo. Uh, which I guess I mean, that's I, I, our I, next question. Who who's getting DFA'd? Who's getting DFA'd? Yeah. I off the forty man, right? Yeah. I I imagine uh it's gonna be a guy like uh Do you want me to say a name? I don't know, maybe yeah, go say a name. Carter Kibu. Carter Kibu. Really? Yeah. I think 
I don't know. To me, I really like their the current like setup with pitchers. I think they have like I I don't think they have enough pitchers on their forty man roster to like justify DFAing a pitcher. Uh, I think it's him or Call. Austin Call, I think, seems more likely to me. I, yeah, I hadn't even thought about the subsequent move. Honestly, I thought it had already happened when they announced it. Mm-mm. They uh, haven't announced it yet. Right. That's why, like, it's been reported, but it hasn't been announced, because once they announce it, then they have to make that move. Actually, yeah. I don't think it's been uh, announced, so maybe I'm wrong. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, Alex Call probably seems like the guy there. I mean, especially if they are bringing up um, James Wood. You know, that seems like the the, la- the last guy, the, the next guy out. Um, I was looking at pitchers, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Amos Willingham is a name. I don't know. Kind of at the back end of that, but. Yeah, again, I, I, I just, I don't think they have enough pitcher, like enough depth. To kind of justify that, unless you're like. A sure bet that Cole Henry is going to rebound well from TOS. Uh, which, I mean, right. he, he looked... He, he was very shaky last year. Uh, and I just... Like, if you're talking about true relief pitching depth on that 40-man... I mean, you have Mason Thompson, uh, Amos Willingham... And are, like, the only two, like... And Thad Ward, I guess, are the only two relievers. Or only three relievers on that 40-man roster uh, who aren't projected to make the opening date lineup, which... It's a little, I don't know. I uh, maybe I've, you know, paid attention to too many Rays, uh, roster moves. Uh, but you know, it it's nice to have guys that you can shuffle. Uh, just because you right. know, you you are are pretty much as soon as the season starts, you're gonna open up three forty man spots. So. Yeah, yeah, that makes. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but why, why? I'm curious. Why did you say Carter Keeble? I I don't think he has a role on this team. You don't think he has a role as a off day third baseman? Yeah, but you already have Vargas and Nasim Nunez. Is Nunez going to be up in the bigs? He has to be, unless he gets returned. Because he was oh, a whole right, five guy, five. so yep, you know, like right. he I has to be on the. He, I think, is probably your, like, shortstop backup. Maybe. No, probably not your second base backup. Because right now, right, the projected lineup, uh, like we just went through, it's whoever you have in center field because they don't project a prospect to break camp like that when they have all those options in center field. So Victor Robles is the projected center fielder. They don't have a single, like, pure outfielder projected to be on that bench. They have Riley Adams, Carter Keevan, Nassim Nunez, and Ildemar Vargas. Vargas and Nunez are, like, the same to me, in my brain. Yeah. Like, they they fill that same role, essentially. They do it in a different way, but they fill that same role. Uh, And I I think the Nats prefer Vargas over Keevan. Probably. I mean, if you're just looking at last season, but I think I, don't know. I think production-wise, I think I, I I'll be 
be honest, I think Kibum's a better hitter against left-handed hitters. He fills that role better, but I think Vargas is like a clubhouse favorite. You know, like he he's a, like a glue guy. You know, uh, I love Vargas. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, who who everybody loves Vargas, and I I'm looking up and down this roster. I think Gallo and Stone Garrett are two really big glue glue guys as well. Uh, I mean, we saw Mackenzie Gore cry when he got hurt. You know, uh, but. I, I don't know who else you can point to on this roster or on in this position player pool and be like, that's another glue guy. And I think the Nats tend to have quite a few glue guys on their roster every year. Yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I think you're right. You convinced me. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I've only been, you know, I don't know what I'm going to say. I, I've lost it. <laughs> lost the plot a little bit. Uh, you have any more thoughts on this Gallo signing? No. So, uh, yep. That was the big move of this week. Um, if you were paying attention to uh, the Nats Report website, recently there was a an article that uh, we put out, a uh, collaboration between a bunch of Nats Report uh, contributors where we compiled a list of our top 30 prospects uh, that Hayden uh, put out, made a bunch of little, little blurbs about the guys. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, go check it out. It's a very good article. Uh, like I said, a bunch of us put work on, put, put together uh, a list, worked on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do have an official NAS report, top 30 of 2024 uh, list now. So, yeah. You want to get into that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, I mean, when going into this, there we clearly thought there are different tiers uh, among these prospects. And then just with the way people kind of ranked certain players, that kind of got lost a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but yeah, let's just dive into the list. Uh, that top tier, we have James Wood, number one, uh, ahead of Dylan Cruz. Uh, that's kind of against what most, in fact, probably all prospect evaluators, uh, would say. Uh, as at least like on their rankings, uh, Cruz is the safer bet, and so you know they tend to put the guy who has that perennial all-star upside. Uh, and like floor rather than the uh, the kind of guy who has a little bit more risk to him. And then we put Cade Cavalli at uh, three, Brady House at four, uh, Yohandi Morales at five, uh, and then Christian Viquero, uh at six. Uh, I don't know if you had any other big thoughts from that group. I mean, I think all of these guys are very good baseball players. Uh, I think Vaquero is probably the one who doesn't fit with that list that group there a little bit but i mean he's you know he, he was the uh, big international signing uh a year ago for a reason yeah uh, i mean we spent our entire pool on him mm -hmm. and he's he's been he's been pretty impressive i mean you see he's already uh he's already in the u.s at what is he 18 19 uh um, i don't have it on my sheet in front of me uh, I wasn't 19, ready for you to 19. drop me on that. Thank you. 
Sorry, I apologize. I gotta pull a video from him. Um, but no, he's we we see what he what he's already made. Um, and I think at least in my mind, when I was putting together my ranking, putting him this high was just because we see what he done last season, and there's no reason to not believe that he'll continue to improve. Uh, but yeah, uh, the other guys, the, the top top five. You know, you obviously have your James Wood and Dylan Cruz, uh, one two. Um, but no, I I think this is a. I I think I think it is. I'm I'm happy with it. I, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I think, like I said, I think there's we had some differing rankings. I think a lot of people would put Brady House above Cavalli as a prospect. Uh, and like I said, a lot of people put Dylan Cruz above Wood as a cross prospect. I, I think they're all good prospects. I think they're all very important to the future of this organization. I just, I, after watching Cavalli in the big leagues and put it all together, at least a little bit, and with House's swing and miss, personally, I was a little bit more hesitant to put House above Cavalli. I know, I think you agree to me there, but for a different reason? Um, I don't know, I just, I think Cavalli is, I mean, he's just, he's the best pitcher in our system. Mm-hmm. And outside of those those two bats, um, I think the pitching talent, the, the I, just, I just think he's better, quite honestly. A lo- the way that I did a lot of these rankings when I was between two guys, at least mm-hmm. me personally, was I looked at these guys and I said, if they came up to the MLB today, who would be better? And I'm not sure if that's how everyone else did their rankings. But I don't know about uh, Ulysses, but I know mine was very different. But um, but that's that's the mindset that I was in when I put these rankings. I mean, at least between 50-50 calls. Uh, so when I looked at Cade Cavalli and Brady House, I ran through that scenario, and I think Cade Cavalli would be a better big leaguer if he started opening day than Brady House would be. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, yeah, I, I was going to make a joke there, but, you know, because <laughs> Cavalli can't throw because he has Tommy John, so I don't know about that one, but, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then in the next tier, uh, we had Jake Bennett. Uh, Jackson Rutledge, uh, Travis Sikora, Dalen Lyle, Robert Hassel III, Elijah Green, Victor Hurtado, and DJ Hers, I think, is probably the best way you can group that. Uh, you got a lot of guys there. Uh, most of those guys have pro experience. Hurtado was this year's uh, big signing. I don't know. I don't, uh, did you have any like big thoughts on anybody in this group here? I know you um, were probably the highest on Hassel, uh, and you were also the highest on Rutledge. So, I yeah, I was. Uh, again, the reason that I was higher on Rutledge than a lot of you guys is, like I just explained, I've seen him do it in the majors, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought he looked. Or sorry, not Rutledge. Who am I talking? Yeah, Jackson yeah, Rutledge. Yeah. Rutledge. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen him do it in the majors, and I was pretty impressed with the improvements he made just at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the reason I had him 
that's the reason I had him higher than everyone else. Um, Robert Hassel, again, one of those things. He, he'd been up in double-A for a while, uh, and I know he didn't have the greatest season last year, but I, I believe he can do I, – I believe he can turn it around. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was really the, the reasons that I had them up there uh, above a lot of uh, some of these other guys. Yeah, no, I don't have the data in front of me uh, when it comes to, like, swing decisions and stuff. But I think, honestly, the biggest thing with Hassel is, one, he, he just drove the ball into the ground a ton mm-hmm. last year, where he had, like, one of the highest ground ball rates in all of the minors. Uh, and then, two, was, I mean, his bat, like, his he wasn't whiffing a lot. He He just struck out a lot. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, like I said, I, I think it's probably something approach. I haven't pulled up the numbers for that uh, and dug into that, so I don't know for certain. But uh, I don't know. He's he's interesting. I'm a little concerned. Uh, and then I mean, I feel like Dalen yeah, Lyle I mean, at other... ten is a, or you actually know here. You say what you gotta say. I'll go for it. Well, I was going to say Dalen Lyle at 10. I don't know if you had any thoughts about him. Uh, I think we had one person who was super high on him who isn't here today. Uh, and then you and I had him around 10. So Yeah. Uh, I know in my personal rankings, I had him there at 11. So mm-hmm. right around where I think he should be. Uh, it's just... It's... Uh, he's a good prospect he's just mm-hmm. he's young and it's one of those things i i don't think i analyze prospects the way i'm supposed to analyze prospects straight up uh, uh which is why i think my list was a lot different than everyone else's i mean it's uh, not insanely different i mean you have a lot of like i mean yeah the, 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 your inputs in there weren't bad you know what i mean uh it's just different. So, uh, again, and I, I don't know exactly how you're supposed to analyze prospects because, as much as I can look at these numbers, and I, I can pour over these numbers and try to get a story of it. To, to, for me to really rank these guys as accurately as I want to, I need to see them all play. I need to watch the film and that kind of thing, because um, numbers. As much of a story as they can tell, outliers in these, and you can try your best to put it together. And I know you're you're very good here at reading these numbers and drawing these conclusions, Hayden. Uh, but watching these guys live, I, I watched some of uh, I, I went out and watched some tape on a lot of these guys. Uh, and again, it's just me trying to picture how they'll hit major league guys. Yeah. Not, again, I know that's not how you're supposed to. I mean, that, that's quite literally what how they used but. to evaluate <laughs> prospects prior to like a lot of the stat cast, uh, like the Hawkeye technology being implemented in the ballparks. Uh, that, that was quite literally how they evaluated prospects, Jeremy. So, I mean, you're just doing it differently than I am. You're, you're doing a more old school approach, which isn't bad. But that's yeah, not no. wrong. 
you see uh, a guy like Lyle. Uh, he was just really good uh, before he got the promotion. Uh, and you expect guys, once they get promoted, to, you know, struggle a little bit. You know, you're going to a new level. But he, I think at the end of that, he was starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, at least from what I was seeing. So Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, the big thing for Lyle was he's he's a left fielder, and he'll be a good left fielder. I think uh, in my in my deeper breakdown on him, I wrote I kind of compared him to like Alex Gordon, which you know that's it's a pretty good comp. Uh, but it, th- there's just a lot of pressure on his bat and. I've been following prospects for uh, a little while now, and w- when you have guys with a lot of pressure on their bat, it, it's more likely than not they don't succeed at the big league level, uh, which is why I'm a little bit more skeptical on him. Uh, somebody who you, or I guess, you know, you were still, wait, sorry, I'm looking back at your list real quick. Yeah, no, no, no. You saw the sizable difference there. A question we got on Twitter uh, about our list was why did we have Travis Sikora so high? Uh, especially uh, compared to like somebody like uh, Susana, who to a lot of people, you know, a young pitcher who throws 100 miles per an hour. Uh, I, I guess what was the big difference between those two for you? Um, I mean... The main difference between those two, for me at least, uh, is the velocity. I mean, Sykora out is is out there at age twenty as a starter, hitting triple digits. I mean, they're doing the same thing, doing right. Um, but again, uh, he's got. No, you're I was trying all good. to find Susanna on my list here. Uh, yeah, you had him a little bit lower. Uh, here, I'll, while you think, because I, I kind of threw you on the spot there. I'm sorry. Uh, for me, right, uh, one thing, at least that kind of influenced my ranking a little bit, was I could point to Susanna's numbers and be like, okay, well, this is what this guy did in pro ball, right? And I've watched this guy take a step backward, right? While I, I mean, obviously that's not necessarily fair, to either when you're coming up with lists like this, but you know it's in the back of your brain where Sykora hasn't kind of laid that uh, bad season upon your feet. Uh, that and I just I, I the, the the bigger reason on why there was a big difference between those two was one Sykora comes with a little bit more of a reputation of command and control, uh, and two. I'm a big fan of pitchers who throw splitters uh, and throw really hard. Uh, and uh, Sycord is th- those two things. Uh, and I think you've he, he's at least going to be a better version of Kyle Finnegan, uh, which I, I can't tell you what Susana's going to be. Maybe he just throws hard and can't find the zone and is a meh reliever. Uh, you know, I, I, I feel more confident that Sycor is gonna have a big league career where he's good, and maybe that's just um, me being crazy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
I mean, the main reason that I had them ranked uh, in the order that I had them ranked between those two guys specifically is when you look at a guy like uh, Susana, it's it's harder to point to what exactly his issue was last season, you know? Uh, and and then a guy like Saikora there, it's a little easier, at least, it's a little easier to see what the issue is. Um, you talked about it a little bit. Um, when you have guys throwing 100 miles an hour, the biggest thing is control. Uh, and then that's really, again, you've seen a guy like Tanner Rainey to take it back to uh, the big league level. Uh he was out there and he was throwing a hundred, but he didn't have control uh, until he dropped his speed down a little bit, you know. Um, so it doesn't matter how hard you can throw it; it's really control uh, that's going to make you successful there. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, we're we're running a little long here. Uh, is there? And you know, I want everybody to go actually read the the NAS report article and list and read all my reasonings uh for all these rankings uh is there anybody here on this list that particularly surprised you by their ranking um well well uh personal thing and uh, i'm not really surprised by his rankings i guess uh, uh i'm taking this question a little bit different uh kevin kevin made i'm just i kind of I kind of like his play, I guess. Uh-huh. Having a guy like him out in the field, there's not a lot of prospects in the Nats system that can do what he does on defense. Um, now, putting him at 23, sure, I, I, it's fine with me. Uh, I forget exactly where I had him. I think 21. I had him. 21, yeah. Yeah, whatever. I had him. I had him a little higher, but it's just one of those things. He he's a he's a prospect that I I really liked when I was when I was making this list. This would be bring something different to the table, and I know his bat isn't all there, but you know, it's it's something different than the rest of these prospects. I think. Yeah. No. Uh, I think on our our official list we had Nassim Nunez. Uh, just above them. Yeah. Which, I mean, those are like the same. I mean, they're very similar prospects. They're glove first guys who, if they can hit at the big league level, they'll be at least, you know, solid backup players. Uh, and I think uh, Kevin's just been challenged a little bit more than, you know, like he he's his assignments have been very aggressive on where he, what level he's playing at. Uh, and I think he just needs a season to kind of just chill at that level. And then I think he'll, his prospect status will climb back up. I think I answered that. Uh, yep. No, that was, that was the one thing. Again, I, I'm a big fan. I'm a fan of this list. There's not a lot that I would change. Um, but he's a guy that I'm, I'm kind of high on for being in Again, I think he should be in the twenties, but I think I, I'm I'm a little higher on him than I think a lot of people are. Yeah, and I mean the big thing with this, like once you get past, like a certain point, 
on any list, the difference between these guys is so small. You know? <laughs> like, the difference between Cavalli and Morales, tiny. And, and as you get further down, like, it, it really just be kind of becomes, like, it's very subjective. You know, that's why that's why these lists exist, and that's why not all the <laughs> lists are the exact same. Because uh, the further you get down, it's just it, it's nobody knows what they're talking about. Nobody knows. Uh, in the dark. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, let's quick talk about some can't misses, and then we'll wrap up for tonight. Huh? How does that sound, gentlemen? Sounds great. So we had somebody who was very much way down. I I won't lie. Uh, th- these first two guys were very much weighed down by my personal rankings of them. Uh, TJ White and Armando Cruz were your first two who missed. And I think they probably make every other top 30 out there. Uh, you had them at uh, 30 and 29 respectively. I don't know if you had a whole lot to talk about there. Uh, um, I only went. I only went to 30. Um, yeah. so I know you guys, the, I know you went down to 40, but when I made my list, I only went to 30. Yeah. Uh, DJ White, I think he deserves a mention. Yeah. That's what he's getting right now. I, I just wasn't a fan of him. Honestly, there wasn't, there wasn't really much that popped out at me that was, that was like, yeah, this guy deserves to be higher on the list. It was kind of a similar situation to uh, Armando Cruz, although looking back on my list, I might bump him up over a guy like Darren Baker, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, he's uh, probably one of the most talented infielders in baseball. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's why I had him a little lower. Yeah, uh, I mean, I T.J. White didn't even make my top thirty-five. I think I think he can still be a very good player. I think part of the reason why he is still on these lists is because he's quite literally the only first base prospect that the Nationals have. <laughs> uh, he, he just wasn't very good last year uh, in Wilmington. Now, obviously, Wilmington, it's hard for hitters to succeed there. Uh, we've Probably have only seen one guy truly, truly succeed there uh, recently, uh, and that's James Wood. Uh, everybody else has done well there, but you know nobody's dominated, uh, and a lot of people just haven't done well uh, there in general. Uh, it's kind of where hitters go to die. Uh, we saw that with Jeremy De La Rosa. We saw that with Dalen Lyle, uh, where it, it's hard to hit in Wilmington. Uh, Armando Cruz. Uh, like I said, I, I think the glove is very good. I, I think he's one of the be- better, if not one of the best defensive infielders in all of minor league baseball. Uh, I, I'm just concerned that he is not going to hit at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other near misses. Uh, we had a bunch of pitchers. Uh, Liam Sullivan, uh, he was only mentioned once, so we won't talk about him. Uh, Alamoa, 
Hernandez only mentioned was once Dustin Saints was mentioned on two of our lists. Neither were in the top 30. I'm trying to look to see if there's anybody who was listed in the top 30 who fell. No, none that I could. Oh, I guess Liam Sullivan was mentioned in the top 30. I'm high on Sullivan. I like Sullivan a lot. Uh, again, down here, this is kind of like, okay, who's your favorite, like, random prospect in national system? <laughs> it gets to that point. Uh, and that's that's kind of where we got to uh, here. But, yeah, no, I don't know if you had any other thoughts, Jeremy, about no, the so prospects. No, go check out the, the article. Um, our whole top 30 is out. Uh, and some deeper breakdowns on these prospects. Uh, I know 1 to 15 is out. 16 to 30 is coming out, I believe. I'm not sure if that's Tomorrow out. Tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah. It's been a um, stressful couple days here with the lists coming out. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, thank you everybody so much for tuning into this week's episode of In the Clubhouse with the Nats Report. We have been your hosts, uh, Jeremy Lapidus and. Hayden Raymer. Uh, remember to go check out thenatsreport.com. Uh, lots of good stuff there. Prospect lists. Uh, some more stuff coming out soon. I know our 40 and 40 is coming out starting in, I believe, mid-February. Yeah, uh, the 18th of February. Uh, and then I should have an article coming out next week sometime too about pitching. Go check it out. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Uh, thank you, everybody, again, for watching. Uh, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye.